Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. College basketball, we've got a triple header coming your way tonight. Number three, North Carolina. Ready to go against Georgia Tech. Then we'll see Kansas, Oklahoma State, then Loyola Marymount, and Gonzaga. Big night college basketball as we all sort of sit back and catch our breath. Perhaps someone would like a shot of Patron. Uh, we are live from the seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Hawk is out here flexing on everybody. Yeah. we got pancakes working. Everybody going crazy as we count it down towards the Super Bowl. But let's look backwards before we look forwards. Let's play awesome, awful, oh, awkward yes. from Championship Sunday. Neek, tell me something awesome you saw this weekend. Well, Patrick Mahomes is pretty much awesome. Every weekend, especially in January, but this game ceiling play right here was incredibly awesome. Yeah. I was at the game. It got quiet. It got somber. It got angry. And he put that ball right <laughs> where it needed to be for MVS to put that game away. As you said, he took something off yeah, it, just as he it, promised he would, an amazing way to finish another trip to the Super Bowl. Jeff, give me something awkward from the weekend. Oh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson waving to the crowd and saying bye-bye to San Fran at halftime. Yeah. Uh, a little early, my man. Like, let, like, let's act like we got some things to do to finish this thing out. That's awkward, especially now. And then, Graziano, what was something awful that you saw? I think the end zone interception by Lamar Jackson into triple coverage. I, I, look, we're not going to lay the whole thing at his feet. Obviously, we've discussed that, but... What was he looking at there? I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't understand who that was. Obviously, it's supposed to go to Likely, but you miss all three of those guys. Uh, I just think that, I don't know, it was a capper on a lousy day. His receiver day throwing his hand up was terrible. Yeah, right, because well, he, he's Likely saying I'm open. Hand up like he, he was, so he that really open. bothered you, right? Yeah, like, like, just to quickly mention before we get to the sound bites there, because like, you just saw it, Isaiah Likely throws his hand up. <laughs> yeah. That's supposed to be to indicate yeah. I'm wide open, I'm wide here, open. right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's my ball. I mean, he, the quarterback's still got to be yeah. smarter than that, and, but it's, it's that, that you do not do that unless you are five yards beyond and no one's near you. You don't do the flash. Lake likely was feeling himself do that thing up like he was yeah. going to go compete for it. I think they, they, assumed the, they assumed the backside safety was going to be occupied, but they didn't have anybody over there to occupy And he him, had so. two dudes still that's pretty a, close to him. Yeah. That's a no, very, no, I, mean, I think he could have gotten away from those two guys uh, if Lamar puts the ball out in front of him. It's a bad throw. It's a bad yeah. decision. It's hard yeah. to uh, Regardless of the young, you know, receiving tight end, doesn't throw his hands up. Like, we had coaches, Coach James Irvin, who's my receiver coach, who actually coaches in Baltimore, would yeah. say, the moment you throw your hand up to, to upstage a quarterback, you're getting pulled. Yeah. The only time you throw your hand up is if you're breaking your route off from what was typically called yep. to say, hey, I'm doing something different. Yes. Okay, so, so there was that moment there. But at the end of the day, we all know this. Quarterbacks are going to get a disproportionate amount of credit when their team wins mm -hmm. and wear a significant amount, a disproportionate amount perhaps, of the blame when their team loses. So when the conversation yesterday was about Lamar Jackson, here were some of the thoughts from Stephen A. Smith and Ryan Clark. The big story is Lamar Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, with all due respect, it was a choke job. Let's just call it what it is. What is the definition of a choke job, Shannon and D.O.? It's doing what you always do what you're accustomed to doing until the moment arrives and then you don't. That is the epitome. That is the definition of what we're talking about here. 
Lamar Jackson is going to have to sit on this for the offseason and say I didn't do enough. He can say that he's mad and his team should be mad because you had the best team. So the same way that we pissed on Dak Prescott when he lost, the same way I felt about Josh Allen when he lost, you got to feel the same way about Lamar Jackson. So that was R.C. sitting literally right here yesterday. Let, let, me, let me say this. I actually feel worse for Lamar Jackson than, you do, than I do Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. And I, I'll just be real with you. Like, like be, because of what was said first, they had the best team. Like, it's, there is no doubt. Baltimore showed it throughout the season. They, had, they beat the brakes off of really good teams. You have the, quote, MVP, which I didn't agree, but, but whatever. He's going to be the MVP. And you, that's the performance. So I, I do agree with that part. What RC said, I 100% agree with. The whole choke job part, I'm not as I'm not as in line with because I think as, if you say that team did it, that's fine. Now Lamar Jackson didn't help himself. He played poorly. I'm not trying to let him off this thing at all. But from RC's point, you do got to live with it because you had the best team and you did not meet the challenge. Yeah, he's got to live with it, and he's going to get the disproportion, disproportionate amount of blame the further we get away from this. If he doesn't eventually win a championship, we're not going to remember all the context. And we had this conversation with Josh Allen. That doesn't mean we don't have we have to erase the context today. I think he was bad in certain situations, but we also pointed out that the rest of the team, oh. the the game plan game wasn't plan. there. The penalties were an issue. There were a lot of other issues, and he is in the same boat, like RC said, with. Josh Allen um, and and yeah. a, well, the the one pushback is that that what you said is this team is in a worse situation because of how well they were positioned to win it. Yeah, like, I don't know. This doesn't mean they'll never win a championship, but I don't know that they'll ever have a chance as beautiful as this one set exactly. up. But, but Lamar Jackson and you know this better than anyone, and we've had this conversation a million times. Almost everything he does becomes a, a referendum yeah. on everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you can, yeah. if, why is he such an interesting figure in the sport? I mean, every reason you think yeah. is right, right? right. I mean, it right. literally encompasses everything. So we know that when we're talking about him, the reaction is different than when we're talking about even Josh Allen or Dak or any of the other quarterbacks who haven't quite climbed Mount Mahomes, yeah. which frankly no one is doing right now. So what do we say specifically about him? is that don't overreact. This isn't a referendum on his style of play. This isn't a referendum on players like him. is isn't a referendum on his ability or his chance to win a Super Bowl. If you leave the, the Bills loss saying that Josh Allen is likely to still play well and get to a championship, there's no reason that you can't say that about Patrick Mahomes. He's just as, he's probably about Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. I'm excuse me, about yeah. Lamar, yeah, Patrick yeah. Mahomes. I'm sorry yeah. I even mentioned his name in this yeah. conversation. Right. But yeah, Lamar Jackson is just as impactful, is just as important to his team as that guy is, and he gives his team as much as a chance and improves the players around him. Just Another conversation that I hate is a zero-sum game. If he wins this game and wins the Super Bowl, People were calling Lamar Jackson the first ballot Hall of Famer, and he should be. Two-time MVP, wins the Super Bowl with a style of play we've never seen, and you can't tell the NFL story without him. So to say this year is a failure, it's a failure on their quest to win a Super Bowl, absolutely. But for Lamar Jackson, he took incredible strides as a passer. He had his, uh, his most productive season from a yards perspective he's ever had in his career, and he advanced to the AFC Championship. Look at Peyton Manning, the first time he won a Super Bowl, when he was 30. He was 3-6 and six at that time going in playoff games, and they were having very similar conversations. Yeah, they bashed It is them. par for the course. But, but I don't feel like deal. this is the end but here's the because deal. the this, team is so It's good. not the same yeah. conversation. It's we're not. a lot lighter on Lamar right now than we people were on Peyton Manning losing those. They, I, I will tell you, I lived it, bro. And they went at him as nasty and as – they went at him. And they talked about he, he was a choke guy. He never yeah. won games. He couldn't do this. And it didn't matter about our team. And we never walked in. 
in with the one, two, three, and all the major categories in defense and yeah. having this idea and having this. And here's the deal. He also never won an MVP throwing 20-some-odd touchdowns. So, like, when we start claiming guys. He didn't guys, rush for 900 okay, yards. I, and I get it. But, but at, at the end of the day, when you start putting people in a class and saying, because he's the MVP, and now the MVP has nothing to do with winning games, right? If you're going to put the, the MVP, then make it just about stats and just for quarterbacks. And then let's move on. But if at the end of the day, if you're going to say, because he's a two-time MVP and because he because that's not the case about the Hall of Fame. It is because you either win the big ones or you don't. Yeah, right. It's got to be two categories. The, you can't, you can't we have to give context, together. though, Jeff, because Peyton Manning was a first overall pick who had the, the, the hopes and dreams of the franchise. Lamar Jackson really was a guy bad. that people set on this network and said should have been playing receiver and running back. So sure. he has beat every expectation every step of the way. And the two-time yeah. MVP right. is not something he to do so a team that was better than Baltimore than, get, than Peyton so, walked into. I get what you're saying, but we have to accept that when you – what comes with success is, is raised expectations. Absolutely. So, like, if anybody is still saying he shouldn't be a quarterback, they're not worth listening to. Sure. We've passed that hurdle. Right. We're now at the next hurdle. We've already established he's the MVP. We've established that he's great. Is he amongst the great guys that win championships? That's the next hurdle. Him right. and Josh of Allen course. and him and um, Everybody Joe Burrow, they're home. in right. that category. And, of that, course. and that's the way that we have to grade them because, and that's the reward. It's a terrible reward to get. If yes. you show us that you're great, we say be greater. But because right. we, we look at MVPs now and because it, uh, an anonymous coach says he could win 100 MVPs, I won't care. That's not a, that's not a little thing. That is a significant thing, and that means you have a guy at the quarterback position that will put you and can put you in position to win a championship. Yes, he has to win a championship, but we're not scoffing at what he has done and what he's meant to the league over but the Lamar Jackson course is of the year. But Lamar Jackson is going to the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, Grass. No, I mean, to your point, like, we sat here on Friday with RC and with Bart Scott talking about what a Lamar Jackson championship would mean big picture. Mm-hmm. It, it, one of it was it would silence all the people who have been saying all along you can't win like this, yeah. that you have to win from the pocket, that, that this style of play can't win. So the fact that it didn't happen is very disappointing. Yeah, if you're talking course. about the evolution of this conversation, which I think is an important one that has to take place. But I think in terms of you know, what happened Sunday, I think he deserves to be talked about the same way as of course. Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, you know, guys that, that, that haven't gotten over the hump yet. We believe can. I mean, I'm sure you believed Peyton Manning Absolutely. could. That's and you point. were right. Right. And it took a while. He was, he, you say he was 30 when he won the first yeah. one. So th- these guys have a ways to go. Lamar this, just turned 27. Yeah, yeah. and this is, this is what comes with it. It's the same conversation we had with Josh Allen. Is He's great. They're both probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. The question is, if you can put together a career that puts you in the conversation with Joe Montana, right. mm-hmm. with John Elway, with Patrick Mahomes, and yeah. with with uh, Tom Brady. That's the next question. That's what we're really measuring him against. Right. And it gets uncomfortable because with uh, with Lamar Jackson, not only because he plays differently, because he looks and sounds differently right. than any other quarterback yeah. we've heard, yes. there's some things that are being said about him that we're uncomfortable. And i got to be honest, there's some things that I hear that may not even be said, but in the tone. We are ex- I'm extra sure. sensitive yep. when I hear people talk about Lamar Jackson right. in a way in a way that I'm not for Josh Allen because Josh Allen is not facing those same. Josh Allen's had a mediocre college career and was drafted much higher than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has a Heisman college career and went last in the draft and had all those other questions around him. So we can sit here and pretend like there's not another, uh, there's not a whole lot of other context in this conversation. Right. But we all know it's there. Yep. We all know it's there and Lamar Jackson is not only playing for himself, he's playing for a lot of other ideas and ideals that we like to pretend like are no longer an impact in our sports or in our society. Right. Yeah. I thought that's kind of what I was saying. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's a referendum on it. so many things yeah. larger than yep. 
You right. said just yep. how well yep. he plays. You said it so a bunch of smart people could get it. No, but I said it more bluntly <laughs> yeah. so everybody could get it. But having said that, having said that, the reality is we talk about winning from the pocket and all that. I, I feel like Sunday. If he had gotten out of the pocket a little bit more, things might have been different. I mean, the opposite of people's impression right. is actually the yeah. truth. Tony Romo was yelling on television. You were at the game. You couldn't yeah, hear it. Right. One hitch, two hitch, and go. Right. Yep. If he, if a little more like Brock Purdy yeah. might have worked. That's the funny thing is, so those deep zones, you could have attacked those deep zones by running and then the linebackers come up. But to go back to the conversation that Cam Newton kind of sparked off and saying the game manager versus game changer is like Brock Purdy gets thrown in the game manager conversation he is not that at all. Right. Brock Purdy is a risk <laughs> Risky. Taker. And Absolutely. Lamar Jackson has always been a game manager. While some people like to frame this as Lamar Jackson trying to make a point, no. Go back and watch That's his Louisville him. tape. Right. Lamar Jackson sits in the pocket longer than he should. And his big runs are explosive and impressive. And they make you think that he's some panicky, scrambler guy. No, he's going to sit back there and sometimes not throw passes that he should right. because he's more conservative <laughs> than he needs to be. Exactly. He's very much mm -hmm. in the, like, the stereotype of the game manager is going to sit back there there and be calculated and not take risks. That's Lamar Jackson. Amen. And, and thank you for saying, because that's the reality. Everybody acts like this guy is a running, he's run, in the run game, he'll run it, right? The zone, but in the, right. as a passer, the dude manipulates the pocket and tries to play it like all pocket passers do. Yeah. I, actually, to the detriment. And the worst, the worst indictment of this whole conversation is we're avoiding the offensive play calling that was, was god-awful and atrocious. That you ran the ball with your running backs six times with the number one rush against a bunch of DBs, it, whether it was nickel or whether it was Don, and you didn't do what Kansas City gave you. Instead, you put a dude back there with Zay Flowers and and, and, and uh, Andrews, Mark Andrews. Andrews being the two primary. Are you kidding me right now? Like, you played exactly into, and then you yeah, want to know yeah. why people fail. So if we're going to put context on why guys aren't successful, that game plan was garbage. Whatever you did, put it in the trash. Don't ever do it again because <laughs> that ain't going to win for nobody. Right. You're 100% right. But to Dominique's point, when we talk about this 10 years from now, we will say – Lamar Jackson didn't do this, or he right. did do this. He didn't get it done. And it won't be about what Todd Munkin did or didn't do. Now, they we're talking be. about Brock Purdy. Let's get to him, because the Purdy party in San Francisco was Ooh, going to Vegas. Yeah. He may have proved mm. on Sunday that he is the opposite of what everyone thinks he is. We'll dial into that, plus the Dan Campbell discussion, uh, the fourth down decisions, and so much more. How much blame does he take? For the Lions being home to watch Super Bowl 58. We're talking about it as we roll on. It's Get Up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. I don't know the question you're trying to ask. Be better tomorrow. I'm not answering that. That's a clown question, bro. Next. What's the question? Next. What's the question? What else do you want to know? Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. That's a BS question, man. Answer my question! The question, jerk! Uh, it's been a long time since we've seen <laughs> that one. It is time for me to ask a series of hard-hitting football questions. And whether he wants to or not, Dominique has to answer them. Here we go. First. Whose loss was worse on Sunday, the Lions or the Ravens? It was the Ravens to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the Lions had a lead and they gave it up, but the Ravens, we've said it so many times today, the opportunity is what is really devastating for them. They were better. They were home. They had the MVP. They had the better defense, of, even though the Chiefs had the very good defense. They had everything going in their favor, and they were even in that game, even though they played uh, pretty poorly for much of the game towards the end. So, yeah, that loss is going to hurt because next year they're not going to be as good, and it's not likely to ever have a team that is talented as that one was. I'm with you on that one. Here's the next question. Mahomes, Kelsey, is that the best quarterback pass catcher tandem of all time? I know I look young, but I'm not that young. I, I remember very much uh, the Montana-Rice combination, and I think that has to be. Like, Montana was for a long time considered the greatest quarterback in football mm -hmm. until we get this Brady run, and Jerry Rice still the best receiver mm -hmm. ever to mm -hmm. play in the NFL. So if you got two goats, yeah, that's. I think that obviously Mahomes may be in that goat conversation, but Kelsey, as good as he is, I don't think anyone's calling him the goat. No, let, let me, let, I, I would throw that Steve Young had about yeah. half, if not more, of Jerry Rice's career. And Travis Kelsey, this is a conversation we can have over the next two weeks. 
No, Maybe he is the best tight end of all time. You stop it. He you might stop be. it. You stop. He's very good. I think um, he's helped a lot by having Patrick Mahomes be there. And I think that's true of all the players. I, don't get me in here hating on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, oh, we're hating on he's Travis Kelsey. Oh. The uh, will be after you. Yeah, but a lot of people upset with you. Yeah. All right, one more. One more. I, I am scared of them. <laughs> if I said Brock, not gonna believe me. If I said Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFC right now, is that true or false? It's true. He's the only one left. Right. Like, he's no, absolutely that, that. the best quarterback. I, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit with Too that. literal. Too <laughs> yeah. literal. I don't know. I don't think he's the best quarterback. And this is, again, you guys put me, this is why this um, segment is good, because you guys put me in this unfair position where it feels like I'm hating on a guy who was very clutch in a very important moment and going into, I still don't think he's the best quarterback in NFC. A guy named Matt Stafford, I, I would also still believe Dak Prescott, but mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys are going to disagree with that. But you'll like the Matt Stafford one. You agree, Matt Stafford. Let, 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 let's not even dive into best or not. Right. I want to make a point that came up in our meeting this morning that I thought was fascinating. There was a perception of Brock Purdy. that Look, a lot of things are perception based on the way people look, based on the way their, their history, the fact that he's the last pick in the draft and all the rest of that. Brock Purdy, so people look at him right. and they assume he's a game manager, the, tradition, the typical <laughs> definition of a game manager. What is he actually? He ain't. He's a risk taker. Yes, he is. That man is a game changer, and that has positive and negative connotations that come with it. He is going to change the game. You watch the course of that game. His best play, biggest completion, was an interception that bounced off the face mask of a player. At the beginning of the game, he threw one, and all quarterbacks throw interceptable balls. He threw some bad ones in in the course of this game. But he also has the mindset of a game changer, and that, that doesn't affect him. He's going to keep playing. He's going to run when he has to. He's going to make a very tough, impressive throws sometimes and risky throws sometimes. And he is, maybe he's not the number one overall pit type of guy, but he changes games. Absolutely. I mean, shout out to Cam Newton because we've been running with this game changer and game manager for a while now. But uh, Brock Purdy, late in the games when you watch him in this game, you watch him in Green Green Bay, also against the the Browns when they lost and they needed a drive at the end. A game changer is one you want the ball in their hands. And that's who Brock Purdy is. And I think we get bored because he doesn't look like the prototypical quarterback, the quarterbacks that go in the first round. But that's the reason he was Mr. Irrelevant. But when you look at his play, he is playing just as good, if not better, than most of those guys. But we can't get over it because of our own misconception. Right. He's short, white, and with a, not a strong arm. Right. And he's and he's, he's got to be a manager. And he, 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 he dressed like Kirk Cousins. Yeah. 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 He definitely has Daniel Jones swag pregame, but when you look at what he's done, right, and you talk about, oh, is it the system? He's playing in the same system as Jordan Love. He's playing in the same system as Joe Burrow. Go look at Joe Burrow's second-year stats. Well, well, why don't we do exactly that? Here are Joe Burrow's second-year stats. That's the year he took Cincinnati to the Super Bowl. In the same offense, the numbers look eerily similar, but one of them is big, strong, went to LSU and smoked cigars, and the other one is Brock Purdy. Look, I promise you, everybody in that Niners locker room was smoking cigars the other night. It was disgusting in there, but anyway, (laughs) look, yes, there's more Josh Allen than Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy's game, but Mm -hmm. because he's not 6'5", and he can't throw it through the wall of the stadium like Josh Allen can, we're not inclined to think that way, but he is one of these guys that we talked about earlier, right? Like, what is he good at? Winning. Like, he knows whatever it takes. Like, I'm going to scramble for 21 yards, even though I haven't done that all year. I'm going to do it twice in the NFC Championship game because that's what's called for. So, I've been amazed. The the, the perception of Brock Purdy inside the 49ers building is 
diametrically opposite to the perception of Brock Purdy outside the building. They love him and they respect him a great deal for what he's accomplished and, 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 and already. And let's give some credit, right? Like, like even last year when he's playing that little short window before he got hurt, he threw the most tight window passes and the highest completed percentage. He has done more. And even the ball that bounces off the face mask, we talked about it was the right read. I mean, he's supposed to go there. So if you talk about process being what it should be, he finds the process of what it is. And by the way, let's also talk about this. Shanahan gets talked about like he is the greatest play caller in the history of the NFL. He was over. And in, in, in when he's losing in the fourth quarter yep. and when he's losing in, this, in, in the second half, right? This quarterback, this game manager, has now broken that twice. Yep, once yep. against the Packers and once against – so to act like a guy is just riding a system, that's not the case. So, he is elevating those around him the same way we talk about you other can, players. You Real can argue play. about the placement of that deep pass, but I think you brought up Cam's name, and I think the game changer, game manager thing is an interesting way to divide these quarterbacks. The problem is game manager comes with a negative connotation, and it shouldn't because you made the point earlier that Patrick Mahomes has yes. been managing the hell out of these games. But he does great. And, uh, and you have to understand that being a game changer also comes with that negativity that mm -hmm. comes with it. So, like, I think that because Purdy looks manager-ish, yeah. he looks right. like a middle yeah. manager, yeah. we say he is and he falls, <laughs> into that, we fall, he falls into that system that has previously had success with managers, then we keep calling him a manager. when well, he's not. No, no, he's heady and sneaky athletic. <laughs> uh, as we continue, the coach Campbell controversy. How he got it all so wrong while still getting it all absolutely right. We'll get you to that, but First, it's our favorite mono a mono battle, Hambo and Graziano. Ooh. Here we go, Dan. By pick number, who is the latest drafted quarterback to ever start a Super Bowl, excluding undrafted players? It's a great question. The answer is next. Okay. Mono, you got to. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bottom of the hour, it's a great question. By pick number, and I want to make clear, two weeks from today, the answer to this question will be Brock Purdy. You think they're going to start him? Brock Purdy, <laughs> assuming he starts, was the 262nd pick in right. his draft. But as of right now, who is the latest drafted quarterback by pick yeah, number wonder. to ever start a Super Bowl? I was going to say Brad Johnson because he was a ninth-round pick, but if he was, if Purdy's going to be the answer. Purdy is going to be the answer. Now I wonder if, if Johnson was a later. Mm, I'm going to stick with it. Brad Johnson was my, was my first thought I'm going with. Brad yes, Johnson. Sir. Brad, Brad Johnson, Johnson, final answer. That is correct. Ah, that is yeah. right. Yeah. Brad Johnson. Let's talk. 
It is the hedgehog. Come on. That's a great question. Ah. Ambo takes the beating. Uh, see. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Graziano is flexing. Up. Oh, we got it. Uh, that taunting. Oh. Taunting. We can't have that 15-yard penalty for taunting. Uh, by the way, Brad Johnson is the answer, followed by David Woodley, followed by Joe Cap. I wouldn't have got Followed by my guess, which was Bart Starr. Bart wow. Starr was a 10th round pick, or no, excuse me, a 17th round pick, but uh, but he was the 200th pick. All right, Graziano takes the narrow lead. Let's play. Here we go. Our next game is called Right or Wrong. Dominique, Patrick Mahomes will be the greatest quarterback ever when it's all said and done. Is that right or wrong? I think it's right. I think the difference between him and Tom Brady is he's much more, he's been much more impactful on his team early in his career. And obviously, it's going to take a lot more championships to get in that Tom Brady conversation. But given what Patrick Mahomes is doing, he's done kind of a reverse Tom Brady, where Tom Brady was managing the game and then grew into a star. Patrick Mahomes was it. And now he's kind of managed or added this management to his game. He's really impressive. Jeff, we'll get to that one a little bit later. Hawk, the Ravens are more likely to make the Super Bowl next year than the Lions. Is that right or wrong? That's right. I mean, they have the guy at quarterback who is one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. Yes, he had a bad game. Yes, they didn't come away with the victory with a, a really good football team. But coming into this season, I don't think any of us had the Baltimore Ravens as good as they have been throughout the entirety of the year. I think they actually reload next year. Mm-hmm. And this becomes a canon event for Lamar Jackson that we'll point back to and say that was the catalyst for the change. And Graziano agreed. Uh, Jeff. <laughs> he said it better than I would. Jeff, Dan Campbell, if I said his coaching style cost the Lions a win, is that right or wrong? It's right. I mean, if you're going to give credit when you're going to making all these risky decisions and they don't work out, then you're going to take the blame as well. I don't. I think he's okay with that, taking the blame and taking the taking the reward. So, But, yes, the, I mean, the, the, the wasting a timeout late is a massive decision. The fourth downs, whether you like them or not, not getting points, I think it all contributed to the loss. Yeah. What happened to you? You were a coach. <laughs> yeah. Now you're just ripping coaches. I, it's not a rip. I love Dan Campbell. I actually talked to him, but but the facts are the facts, right? Like you can't give up a timeout at that point in the game. So, so th- that one was inexcusable. I feel like there were three separate conversations to right. have about Dan Campbell. One of them I think is easy. Third down from the one yard line with oh, a minute over. and five left and three timeouts. No one disagrees. Dangerous. That's an inexcusably bad decision, right? To run. This is a play that has to end with the clock stop. Correct. One way or the other, right? There's, there's no excuse. In fact, I don't even understand it. No. Like, who calls this? It's execution, man. And, he, and he's it's not he's execution. That, it is their best play. For real, it is one of their best plays, uh, most productive plays. So. No, it's not. It, no, in it, that it situation, is. it's a I, terrible I play. Decision, yeah, no, he, but I'm just telling you Campbell that. came out and said this was a mistake. He said it, it was called because he thought they'd walk in the, the way they were running the ball all game. But, Yes, it cost them a timeout, which they needed. If they'd had the third timeout at the end, they might have had to make the Niners punt one more time. Yeah, it's, 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 it's inexcusable, quite frankly. For, for and, and I can't see that anyone wouldn't see it that way. The second piece of this was the going for it on the two fourth downs rather than kicking the field goals. Those are debatable. I mean, th- those are yes. one person says it's the right, one person says it's wrong. Analytics, for what the record shows, says it was about a 50-50 decision. I understand it's in keeping with what he did. So, Nick, you think he got those right. When it's 50-50, I err on, a, at the point I made earlier, I err on the side of doing football. Not playing where we have to bring the kicker on the field who only plays five snaps a game. We're a football team. We're good at football. When you give us a chance to play football, I want to do it. So, like, if you give me the opportunity and consistent with what they've been doing all year, that's the thing about probability is you change the probability when you lessen the, ta- the times when you go up there and try it. So if they're a fourth down aggressive team, once you start picking and choosing those opportunities, then you have the chance of it 
boating in your favor so the, or not in your so favor. So the field goal in the second quarter you would agree with that they that, that Dan Campbell kicks towards the end of the second quarter as opposed to the At the very down. end, you At mean. At the very end. Right before halftime. Oh, yeah, yeah. because they're, that's right before halftime. You have clock issues to, to think about. I would have liked them to be aggressive there, too, but I, this is a different situation. Right. Like, I, I tend to think that I want them to be more aggressive, but there it's different. When you go for it in other situations, you have to take into account that you're backing them up. You can stop them. You can get the ball back and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so those are the two that everyone has been talking about. The one that I feel like is not getting nearly enough attention is their actual philosophy in the second half of this game. Yep. That's the part that is drives me insane as one who just was rooting for them. And the numbers are the numbers. In the first half, the Lions, who are as good a running team as there is in the National Football League, with two outstanding running backs, ran for three touchdowns. They ran the ball 21 times for 148 yards Ooh. in the first half yep. and had a 17-point lead. And for reasons known only to them, they ran the ball seven times and threw it 21 in the oh. second half. Dan, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You're averaging seven yards a carry. You come out in the second half, you should keep doing it. Now, the 49ers adjust, obviously. But what else happened, right? The 49ers got the ball first. They kick a field goal. The Lions get the ball. They go down the field. They go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. Then the Niners score the touchdown with the ball off the guy's face. Then on the next play, a run play, they fumble, and the 49ers score again. Now, all of a sudden, before you've had a chance to even implement your second-half game plan, you are now in a tie game. So I think they got, they got punched and, and, and had trouble recovering from that punch because of how quickly that lead disappeared. Again, okay. in a tie. This is no different than Baltimore. You do your best, right? Do yeah. Your, your oh, best I, I, is to run the football. I get it. So if it's a tie, it's still a tie. So yep. let's go run the football. And by the way, on these these fourth downs that you're going for, neither were a run. Both were passes. Yes. One was an empty backfield. So if you're going to do what you think you're so good at, I would venture to say your run game has been better than your pass right. game throughout the season. So if you're going to lose, go down fighting the way that you know how to fight. Right. They did not do that If either. you're going to run it on third and goal and need to spend a timeout. Right. Like, right. Like, exactly. it, it does not make sense. So it yeah. is it, – yeah. That's one of the seven running plays. Like, like if you love Dan or you hate Dan, it is still his responsibility yes. at that end. Wrong and, call. And, yes, I love him. To be clear, Agreed. I, Me I too. Just, And mm-hmm. he, what he has done there is beyond magnificent That's because right. he has created a culture in a place where it looked like that would never happen. But you got to be That's fair. The, they keep co- what? That's the point right there. Is you have to, in order to create and sustain a culture, you have to make the difficult decisions in those situations. Yes. I think back to the Steelers when the Steelers been. Roethlisberger got hurt. They had a would have a high draft pick. They traded that draft pick to get Mika Fitzpatrick yeah. and not save to have a quarterback. Right. I thought it was a dumb decision, but it is a decision that reinforces the culture that we aren't a team that tanks. We aren't a team that gives up. We're a team that goes all in, tries to win the championship every year. So when you are faced with a tough situation, a fourth down decision, you know where you. This is when your culture is tested. You make the decision that is consistent with the culture that you want. Right. If you don't make that decision, that then puts a fracture in the culture that you're trying to sustain. When you have an opportunity to reinforce that culture, you take that opportunity. But I don't get what you're talking That's not the culture. No. You're that, talking about the, the fourth down. I'm talking about not running the ball. And Part of Dan, their culture is we're going to run the ball down your freaking throat and make you like I it, and they stop you. doing it. I right. can't disagree I, with you on that, but they he fumbled, and Dan laid it out. They're in a tie game, and the 49ers adjusted defensively. But you got to make them stop it. it. I do think there's an element that where coaches outsmart themselves, and they had so much success with the run game, they're like, oh, they're going to take this away. Here's where we pass it. And that wasn't the case. You you didn't force them to stop your run game. And to your point about culture, all that is on point, Dom. But at the same time, your culture, to Greeny's point, is running 
the football. Okay. Keep pushing it down their throat and don't take unnecessary risk and be aggressive in a moment that does not call for it. And, yeah. and, and in a game that they were in the situations they were, I don't think it would lessen his culture had they kicked the field goal. Fine. I, 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 and I get the analytics part of it. This is not an analyst conversation. Yeah, it's not at But all. at the end of the day, the decisions he made that were major and impactful. If you're going to do it, then do it the way that you've done it all season or don't do it. Kick I do think it's important to inject into this discussion that the field goals were not 25-yarders, right. right? You're talking about a 45 and a 48 yeah. by a kicker who kicking outdoors from 40-plus for his career is in, like, the low 60% range. Okay. These are not guaranteed. So right. it's not take the points. So if you're going for it, the potential benefit of getting those two yards and the time you eat off the clock and, the, and keeping alive the potential for a touchdown outweighs the Agreed. benefit of the three points and the risk of not getting it. Versus a fourth and whatever but, at that, which is going to be below or right at 50%. But, but it so carries still a higher percentage. But it carries greater reward. We keep reverting right? back to this part of the conversation. Because it's the only part that we can talk about. The other part, we agree. They should have ran the ball more. There's not yeah. much to no, fight about But there. does that, or to Hawk's point, does mm-hmm. that or does not that not reek a little bit of the coach trying to put his imprint on a game? Look how yeah. smart we're going to be. Look at my that. offensive court. Look at this. They expect this. We're going to run flea flickers. Yeah, I hate What are we doing? Yeah. Too cute, too yeah. early, and so, it, didn't, it didn't make sense. I think this, to me, to me, this is about them not loving or trusting their defense and wanting to score as much as many points yeah. as possible. And I think that's a fair criticism up there. No player is going to be perfect. No coach is going to be perfect in that situation. I think it's unfair for us to heap all the blame and say that, that um, Dan Campbell's decisions yeah. cost them the game. We're not taking into account that the risk that he were te- was taking was trying to win the game. Yeah. We're not taking into of account course. that they were – I mean, it, they weren't just like absurdly stupid decisions. It feels, yeah. it feels um, right. dishonest to me, for us to blame him for a loss in a game when he has a defense that he doesn't trust against one of the best offenses in the league. He's trying to score points. He's trying to be aggressive, and we're coming out here saying it's his fault. I know this. As as a coach, for the short time I was, being chastised for decisions that you're making late in games, it's part of the gig. But when he makes the decision of not taking a three-score lead into a team, whether you believe it or not, the possession switch back and forth, and you're like, well, it's culture, it's this kind of thing. It also puts pressure back on the other team. And momentum is real. And he's played football and he's coached football. You understand that momentum is real. I I don't disagree with you. This is the part where I think that you miss is you assume that's a 100% chance that he's going to make the the field goal. Right. The worst but, possible outcome is you kick and you miss. And to your point, we're not talking about the field goal, yes, but running the football. Yeah. You know how you yeah. eat clock, keep your defense off the yep. field and score points? Yeah. You run the football. So the question is, was that the worst loss of the NFL weekend? Coming up this morning, mm-hmm. my green list were the Lions, were the Ravens, were their meltdowns this weekend the worst we've seen in the playoffs this year? Spoiler alert, they weren't even close. Whoa. We'll tell you what was wow. the worst next. Get up on ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We are back on Get Up. The green list is next. I'm going to name for you now the five worst losses of this year's NFL playoffs. We look back on this weekend. Recency bias is what it is. But number one will be the worst. Number five will be what the Lions just did. Their loss to the 49ers, yes, they had a 17-point halftime lead. Yes, that is a game that they absolutely should have won. That said, it is very difficult to say that a franchise that hadn't been in a championship game in 30 years, winning two playoff games in the same season and putting up the kind of effort they did in San Francisco on Sunday, difficult to say they walk out of that with anything but a very positive feeling, so I'm putting that at the bottom at number five. At number four, I'll put the Ravens. That is a devastating loss because this was supposed to be their year. The difference is at no point on Sunday did I think they looked like the better team. They should have been, but I don't think you walk out of that game thinking they should have won that day because they didn't play that way. They'll have to live with it. They'll have to answer a lot of questions during the offseason, but it's not the worst loss. I think the Bills' loss was worse the week before. I'll put that one at number three because I thought they were the better team that day. I thought there were any number of reasons they could have and perhaps should have won that game. And to lose in Buffalo with a field goal that goes wide right is just too painful and too symmetrical to put into words. So I'll put that one at number three. At number two, I'm going all the way back, but I'm going to put the Eagles. The Eagles proved everything right that had been said was wrong about their team. The Eagles didn't even bother showing up at all. This was a team that was in the Super Bowl a year ago. This was a team that went into the playoffs saying, oh, we started with a fresh slate. We're 0-0, and then they didn't even bother showing up. That game would not have been any less competitive in Tampa if they had missed their flight and not gone at all. So I'll put them at number two, but at least they didn't do that at home. At least they didn't do that as the two-seed. At least they didn't do that in the year that everything was finally set up for them. At least their defense didn't completely implode when it was supposed to be the strength of their team. And instead, they got the ball run down their throat and jammed down their throat by a quarterback making his first ever playoff start. At least their MVP candidate quarterback didn't choose another terrible time to have another terrible day. I know it feels like a lifetime ago, but the Dallas Cowboys... With everything falling their way and becoming the two seed in the NFC, with what felt like a clear path, at least to the championship game, and where they would find a 49er team that looked suddenly vulnerable, for them to no-show completely and get humiliated and blown out in their old building, to me, that was the worst loss, or at least the worst performance of this postseason. So that's my green list. Get in here, fellas, and let me know what you think. I put the Lions 5, the Ravens 4, the Bills 3, 
the Eagles two and the Cowboys one. What say this you is Saturday? This a terrible <laughs> list. Like, God, like, like literally, like a Stephen A. A. It would be an F list, bro. All F, F, F list. All Tell me. This is awful. What don't you like this about it? Awful. Well, I'll start at the top with the Cowboys, right? Like that you said they lucked into the two seed because a team just absolutely bombed and had a, had a miserable second half of the season. But we go into that game telling you how they can lose, get it run down their throat, which they hadn't stopped all year, and they don't have a run game. Both of those things showed up. But to have a 17-point lead in the AFC, I mean in the NFC Championship game and to lose and to be the best team in football and get beat at your home and have your coaching staff fail, your quarterback fail, and your defense still play well is a mass. Those two, to me, are enormous in comparison to the Cowboys' start. We knew the Cowboys were a flawed team. We did not think the Baltimore Ravens were a flawed team, and they looked very flawed. And you have a 17-point lead with a chance to get 30 points in the second half and decide not to. The way you lose that one, to me, is much more painful. For the record, they lost it to the one seed, which is San Francisco, who looked like the best team in the conference all year long. Mm. The, the Ravens lost to Patrick Mahomes, who, when he's done, is going to be the winningest and grading his... He he didn't look gettable to me no, no, on Sunday. His team might have looked gettable. 17 points. He didn't look gettable to me. I thought that, uh, to me, I would much rather lose gettable. to Patrick Mahomes than lose to the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love in his first ever playoff start. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys and, and the Packers for the same reasons. You're going against Patrick Mahomes. I think we'll look back on these years, on this year specifically, and say – all these guys got dealt a bad hand by having to go against Patrick Mahomes because, yeah, they only scored 17 points. But if you watch that game, he completely controlled the game against the defense who had no answers for him. When he wanted to extend drives, he extended drives. When he wanted to find Travis Kelsey, even though they knew the football was going there, there was nothing they could do to stop him, which we, made the they offense gave up play different. 17 points. So, and, and you have the MVP on the other side. That is the a best, monumental. Tell them why he's hard about this debate is I disagree with you for the same reasons that you're saying. They had you're gonna have to beat Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl at right. least at some point. Yes. They had him in a situation where he is not at his best, or at least that team is not he at his best, Nate. and you're not going to You know what you're gonna have to do to have a chance to do that? Get out of the first round. And that so get out of the wild card round in your own building. And maybe you're maybe this is recency bias, but the stakes make it worse to me. Absolutely. <laughs> like the fact that this was a championship 100%. game for both of these teams on both sides make it worse than the Cowboys to me. But the opposite is true. Because you I, have yeah, to yeah. win playoff games in order to make championship games. The I Cowboys didn't even do that, Dan. We've known each other long enough that yeah. I knew you would put the Cowboys at the top <laughs> of the list, obviously. But I, I think, to me, like when you say worst loss, like how do you define that, right? Like for me, the Detroit Lions oh. have the greatest number of things that have to be making them sick right now, yeah. right? The number of different things. Well, if we had done this differently, if this had gone differently, if the ball hadn't bounced off the, the guy's face. Drop on fourth So down. many things. The Cowboys, the Cowboys got I mean, like, they, like, they terrible. They I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, it depends how you define it. Like, they got dominated, and that sucked. I'll define but The it. Lions have to be sitting there going, like, I have a feeling Green can define I get it. I'll define it. Take any of them. The worst loss is the one where afterwards, if I'm the owner, I'm firing everyone. Nobody Literally everyone. That's my point. How did they not fire anyone after that game? How did they say, well, we'll just live with we'll this? Run it back, baby. They're running it all back. They're bringing it back. They're, Dan Quinn's not even getting a job, right? He's coming back. He could. He's in the mix in Washington. Okay. But, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. But the Eagles fired a whole bunch of people. Why didn't that go above? Uh, because it should, but they're not the Cowboys. And and the Cowboys are. The, the Eagles at least had looked awful going all the way 
down. The thing Jeff, is, you're talking so, about how we all saw Dallas losing that game. Well, I beg to differ. Oh, no, no, we no, were no, all sitting no, in no. here talking about how the road was perfectly yeah, set up I for agree that. with you. However, the thing is, the Cowboys struggled against good teams this year. Yeah. The Ravens did not. Right. The Ravens no, blew out all the good teams that they played this year. The only games they lost were because they made stupid mistakes against teams that weren't in their class. Yeah. Like, this was a historically great team. Yeah. A historically great offense. But if you're being honest, defense. going into this game, did you really say that there's no way the Chiefs will win this game? Yes. I thought, That's I thought, crazy. I, I, yeah. thought that the, I thought that the Ravens was I, There's no way. With I, Patrick I, Mahomes on the other side of the field. I mean, field. first time I've been watching the last five years. Yeah, I wouldn't have said <laughs> no way, but I no way. I was as confident about the Ravens in this game Absolutely. as, as and I would have put the Cowboys For what it's worth, and Hembo might just remember this off the top of his head, I believe the number – on Sunday was four. I, I believe the Chiefs were a four-point underdog. The Cowboys were definitely a bigger favorite they than like that. They were like 12. They were crazy. Mm, yeah. it, it, was it 10 and a half? Oh, Stick would know. Yeah. Uh, Julian, Julian Goldsick, <laughs> our producer, would definitely know. Seven and a half. Okay. So, I mean, they were over a touchdown favorite for whatever that's worth. It doesn't determine the pain of the loss. I yeah. understand that. So, I think Dan made the right point. You can define these things however you want. Yeah. And if there's one thing you know about me, I'm going to define it so that the Cowboys yes, are the center are. of the conversation. You are. Yes, you, are. Uh, you know what I mean? They I don't, know my guy. You know, like, I'm with you, Greeny. They don't just put you in these halls of fame. All right, as we continue, first take is coming up next. Will Doc Rivers get Giannis back to the finals? Was Lamar and the Ravens season a success or a failure? Molly, Stephen A., Shannon, Big Perk, and Jeff will be there, too. Top of the hour here on ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. College basketball. I know where Jeff Saturday is going to be tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Let's go heel. Watching North Carolina take on Georgia Tech. Then we got Oklahoma State, Kansas. Then we got Loyola Marymount taking on Gonzaga. Great college basketball that we got looking forward to tonight. All right, fellas. So we're going to run this exact group back again tomorrow. Oh, Because it was that good. It was good. You, you yeah. picked against Mahomes. Anyone here ever going to pick against Patrick Mahomes? I will again? not again. No nope, pick against I got, I got my nope. – I'm a degenerate, and it cost me. This one, this, <laughs> this one hurt. I, and I took the Ravens like – I got like a huge and got sm- – it just destroyed me. I was mm. so mad at the Ravens. I'm, we're texting. On the, I was so – I was just – I was hot. Yeah, not you, good. You were mad at the Ravens. The people I was sitting next to were furious at the Ravens. <laughs> I was like, damn, this is how much y'all care. So much. Your son, your son shed tears. Oh, yeah, he was upset. He was oh, you one of them sons? I got one of them sons. I looked, oh. I looked at my son like, man, you ain't on the roster. I, up. Man. I think I cried. <laughs> uh, we'll see you tomorrow. First take starts now.